This podcast is a part of the Dragon Suplex Podcast Network. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and visit us at chopskicksandnearfalls.com for daily articles about wrestling from around the globe. Welcome wrestling fans. Welcome to Curtain Jerk. And as always, I'm your host, Jacob Grandi, reporting for WrestlingWithWrestling.com and Dragon Suplex Podcasting Network. I gotta tell you guys, I had some extra time on my hands. So what do I do with extra time? I watch a bunch of wrestling. And why not, if I'm watching it, why not talk about it on this program? Tuned into IWTV to watch some stuff that I've never seen before. One of those shows, Time Bomb Pro. Uh, this show seemed like it would be really, really fun to go to. It started out with a kaiju big battle match uh, with the uh, the cube guy. I don't know too much about kaiju big battle, but what I do know is the cube, Dr. Cube, is evil. And he had a uh, Godzilla-like creature with him. He had his minions with him, but he lost. There's only four matches, and while they were setting up for the big death match at the end, there was a metal band that played, a hardcore band. So a really cool way to distract people from just watching a bunch of uh, light tubes get set up. And it seemed like it was like kind of a fun kickback environment with you know a little wrestling and a little uh, music. Really cool, uh, easy watch, one and a half hours. So I'm definitely going to seek that out again. I don't know if I'm a little burned out on deathmatch wrestling, but the main event was really the only thing that dragged me in the whole show. Then after that, I turned into Action Shock from Action Wrestling in Georgia. This was a pretty interesting show. It had a lot of guys that we talk about on this show already. Fred Yehi, Cabana Man Dan, and even uh, James D. Drake wrestled on this show, uh, former Evolve Tag Team Champion. But we kick things off with Bobby Flacco and Rob Killjoy. I've seen Rob Killjoy wrestle a lot in the Carolinas, and I guess it makes sense for him to go down to Georgia and have a curtain jerker here with Bobby Flacco. Rob Killjoy used to be part of, uh, I guess still is a part of the team, the Ugly Ducklings, uh, a three-man trio, sometimes four-man trio, featuring Colby Carino, and they kind of made a name for themselves wrestling a team by the Jim Nasty Boys featuring a former wrestler, White Mike. Very sad to uh, read that he was retiring. He was one of my favorite wrestlers in all of wrestling. His match with New Jack at Firestar Pro Wrestling is one of my favorite matches I've ever seen live. So a little bit of a tangent there. But seeing Rob Kiljoy came out made me sad that we may never see White Mike in the ring again. But it made me happy that I'm seeing Kiljoy in front of my face then. Kiljoy is is quacking like he always does because he's an ugly duckling. And that's when Flacco takes control, brings him down one count. Flacco then rolls him up again, one, two. Killjoy kicks out again. Both pick up the pace here, stalemate. Killjoy rolls him up, or Killjoy gets rolled up, one, two, and kicks out yet again. Springborn arm drag by Rob. Top rope arm drag by Flacco. Into a suicide dive by Flacco. Big senton by Killjoy. Until he gets a pin attempt, one, two, no, springboard, dropkick, sit down, powerbomb by Rob Killjoy, one, two, no. Killjoy can't believe it, I can't believe it, Flacco gets a near fall again, he can't believe it, 
tick for tack here to say the least double cutter both men down this was an interesting spot here they both went for an rko at the same time grabbing each other's neck and they both fell down they both rko'd each other uh never seen this spot before it was kind of interesting to see but then battle to the apron springboard ddt in by flacco and that's all she wrote after a poison rana one two three bobby flacco gets the victory then we see, you know, people we know and love. Cabana Man Dan with a promo. Luther X versus Donnie Janela. Luther X had a uh, bit of a Malcolm X gimmick. And uh, Donnie Janela goes for a senton to the outside and just completely eats shit on his back. He jumps up and saves it, but man, his back must be hurting. Donnie maybe needs to stay in Alabama or something because they do not pad the rings here at action wrestling and that might be something he needs um he also lost the match unfortunately to add uh injury to insult we also had a match jordan newman versus sean dean jordan throws up sean to i guess maybe like kind of like you would do a pop-up powerbomb but then as he's coming down sean gets his ankles kind of caught in the second rope and he falls flat on his face you can tell it even caught newman by surprise because he looked at the ref like what do i do and ref kind of goes down like come on man just cover him and see how he's doing so the ref kind of told jordan to go for a cover here not to uh break down any third walls here but there was a little confusion with that botch jordan does recover with a nice german Sean Dean ends up winning though and then we have Fred Yehi versus Kevin Ryan. Kevin Ryan this looks like a very young man who uh, was put in a a big high profile match with Fred Yehi here. Probably the biggest match of this kid's career and he was looking good. He hit a nice moonsault. He hit a Spanish fly. One, two Yehi kicks out. Yehi did have a little trouble with this man but at the end of the day, yeah, I had him tapping out. Cameraman with a good shot here on the finish. We have an Ison promo. Some guy named Ison and AC Mack have to get pulled apart. AC Mack has some titles. Not sure where that was going here. The title does not look as cool as New South Pro, but I don't think any world title does. O'Shea Edwards promo. Cabana Man Dan versus O'Shea Edwards. Ed- O'Shea Edwards pretty impressive size here this was a solid match O'Shea Edwards wins so Cabana Man Dan just like we mentioned with you know Blake Christensen and some other names like that he's everywhere we saw him in Black Label Pro we saw him in New South we saw him here in Action Wrestling so there's guys out there that are working every single week even with this pandemic going to you know Indiana going to Alabama going to Georgia and, I mean, maybe we'll talk about him on this show, and the fans that are in attendance know and love Cabana Man Dan, but you never really hear his name mentioned on, like, the uh, top, you know, indie charts or anything like that. And I think he should be on there. I mean, he's got a little bit of a maybe height holding him back, but it, I think his gimmick works for him. And I want to see him maybe in the upper echelon indies. Maybe, hopefully, he's... Uh, in this uh, spring break battle royal coming up hopefully he takes part in the collective because this guy's been busting his ass all summer long and we here at curtain jerk and have noticed it after that pineapple pete sugar dunkerton shug d versus joe keys 
Joe Keys looks like if the James Storm was the Undertaker, Joe Keys would be Mordecai. Suge D taps him out. Nolan Edwards promo, J.D. Drake promo, and then we get J.D. Drake versus Nolan Edwards. I'd never heard of Nolan Edwards before, but goddamn, did this guy seem like a star. By far the best match on the show. Big chop battle echoing through this small rec center here. Apron bomb, but Nolan just won't quit, and that was kind of the story of the match here. J.D. hit a stunner, but Nolan rolls up J.D. One, two, three. Nolan Edwards just made a name for himself on Action Wrestling. There was a really cool promo after the match. J.D. Drake puts him over, says he saw him at an Evolve tryout, and now here he is beating him. The main event of this show in Georgia, really cool to see. Um, Very small crowder for Action Wrestling, but I enjoyed what I saw. I knew some names. I don't know if this was a big show or small show for them. But it was an entertaining show for me, so I just wanted to give a shout out to those promotions, Time Bomb Pro and Action Wrestling. One show was an hour and a half, one show was like two and a half hours, so you know, just the amount of time as a regular WWE pay-per-view, I could watch some really good wrestling, learn about some guys I've never heard before, and uh, if I was going to go on YouTube and watch some matches, I would definitely look up Nolan Edwards and... Kevin Ryan would be the uh, standouts that I hadn't heard before of those two shows. And then we're going to jump to the Ring of Honor Pure Title Tournament. I got to say, guys, I try to cover things with buzz, but this episode might just be things I like, the last two shows. And then I've kind of noticed the Ring of Honor Pure Title Tournament really doesn't have that much buzz, but I think it would be kind of cool to follow up with some wrestlers that kind of caught our eye on Curtin Jerkin prior to this tournament and kind of follow up and see what kind of buzz a second tier wrestling promotion can do in North America in the current climate. MLW is coming out. We kind of see that NWA with the primetime live is kind of a, they're doing their thing over there. And then New Japan Pro Wrestling, which, I mean, maybe their American tier is a second tier, but of course, I would say their Japanese tier is top tier American promotion, but that's all, you know, just how you define it in your own head, but I think I might have been going on another tangent there. Hope you guys like my tangents. I'm going on a lot of them recently. We're jumping into Ring of Honor Pure Title Tournament. If you couldn't tell by what I was talking about, Russ Taylor, a guy that we've seen in New Japan strong, uh, we get a little background story on him from a very, very small town. says you couldn't find it on a map, which sounds insane to me. says that in this small town, All you could do is kind of work out unless you wanted to uh, sit around and smoke weed. He didn't want to do that. Not getting into how I enjoy wrestling, but uh, I don't know if I would be able to not sit around and smoke weed. But I think I need to stop going on these tangents. As I said before, it was cool to get a little background on Russ. And I think um, seeing him in this singles competition here really put him over for me against Tracy Williams, a guy from Evolve, came to Ring of Honor and is kind of uh, one of the people that you would that would come to mind when you're thinking of the Pure Title Tournament. So we definitely have a favorite here, and we have a newcomer. Bell rings, they shake hands. Taylor immediately 
takes down Tracy working the arm. Tracy counters both men to their feet. Russ and Williams counter for counter here. Tracy goes after the arm and then the leg. Russ reverses that, catches him, uses his first rope break. Williams stays in control after that rope break. Taylor goes after the arm of Williams again. Williams goes after uh, Taylor with a body slam here, stays in control. Russ able to counter. Taylor lands a bunch of strikes. Then this just goes into a big chop battle at the 10-minute mark. Taylor cross arm breaker. Tracy uses a rope break. Taylor with a low-key style kick. One, two. Tracy uses his second rope break. Taylor eager to mention that to the referee. Submission by Williams. Reversal by Taylor. Rings of Saturn-like submission here, looking really cool here. Taylor really um, showcased a lot of the stuff in this tournament that I hadn't seen in New Japan Strong. It was really cool to see. Williams struggling here, goes for his last rope break. Taylor stays on him, locks in the arm bar. He grabs the rope again. Ref can't do shit about it. So Tracy Williams is the only thing he knows how to do and just tumbles himself and Taylor to the outside. Both men down. Ref counting. Back in the ring, Russ is just lighting him up with kicks as we go into the 14-minute mark. And then Lariat, one, two, Russ kicks out, he locks in the cross face, comes up, lands a pile driver, locks in the cross face again, and Tracy Williams ends up tapping out Russ Taylor with 25 seconds to go in this match. This was one of the best wrestling matches I've seen all day, and I've seen a G1 card, I've seen action wrestling, I've seen Time Bomb Pro, I think I might have a problem, but regardless, I think this was a solid fucking wrestling match. All these pure title tournament matches are really good. This is an insane idea for Ring of Honor to bring this back, going back to basics, going back to what separates them from everyone else. Back in the day when they originally started in like 2002, it was the it was you know coming out of the Attitude Era and uh, people like Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero were super popular, but most people knew about wrestling because of like you know tits and ass and drinking beer and yelling and stuff. But they kind of came in and they brought back the uh, purity of professional wrestling. And I feel like today they've kind of gone away from that in a different realm. They've kind of gone into a lot of comic book style storylines, a lot of comic book style action, and this tournament brings it back yet again. So Ring of Honor has survived like the second boom, one of the booms from its origins in 2002, and this seems to be the second wrestling boom that they're bringing back this style of wrestling for us to enjoy. Super cool to watch, and we're going to keep watching more of it. In fact, we have another match we're going to review from this tournament, the last match in the first round. Former Nexus member PJ Black versus Tony Deppin. Tony Deppin, definitely someone we've seen pop up everywhere in this COVID era. I mean, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, you know, ICW No Hold Bar. GCW, AIW, and now Ring of Honor. This guy is killing it, and he kind of killed it in this match as well. 
bell rings, Tony goes after the leg, PJ counters, picks up the pace, and then takes down Devin. PJ gets room again and then goes after the arm of Tony Deppin. Spin kick, all PJ here in the early going. Tony catches him. PJ uses his first rope break to get out of a submission. Action spills to the floor. PJ lays out Tony with a big super kick. Punch off the top rope here uh this was a closed fist i guess ref didn't see it i guess referee todd sinclair is taking some uh discretions here with the star it feels like i'm watching an nba game or something pj wears tony down a little bit more action picks up again pj takes him down one two tony kicks out pj stays on him springboard caught in midair with a drop kick by tony deplin deplin Running forearms by Devin. Running knees Andrade style to Devin. One, two, PJ kicks out. Tony staying on him. Off the top rope. PJ dodges. Uh, Devin lands awkwardly. Turns around. Big strike battle. Devin locks in the STF. And that's when PJ uses his second rope break here in the 10 minute mark. PJ calling. For a time how Deplin hitting him with a senton to the floor gets him back in lands a big double stomp off the top one two black says no Deplin here visibly getting frustrated cutter one two Deplin kicks out DDT one two Deplin kicks out again PJ getting frustrated here are you kidding me he yells to referee Todd Sinclair he's just lucky he didn't get caught with that closed fist earlier crucifix driver one two three PJ Black wins the last match of the first round and as we're going off the air speaking of people we see pop up everywhere ec3 vignettes so we've seen him in impact wrestling we've seen him in black label pro and here he is with a vignette on ring of honor i don't know what's going on with him i don't know what contracts he's signing or isn't signing but it seems like it's working out he's definitely controlling his narrative okay guys i was watching AEW Dark and I just realized that I might have mixed up the two names in the action wrestling show Sean Dean was actually the guy who won Joshua Norman was the guy who lost so the guy who got tangled up in the ropes was Joshua Norman and the guy who threw him up to get tangled in the ropes was Sean Dean nevertheless Great match, but now that I look at it, it was Jordan Newman who won that classic. Speaking of classics, how good was the dog collar match this Wednesday on AEW? That was by far the best on the sh- on either show, but as you guys know, we're going to rank every match from worst to first, just like we do all the time on Curtain Jerkin. NXT versus AEW, worst to first. Number 11 was Austin Theory versus Dexter Loomis. Austin Theory has been getting jobbed out and jobbed out and jobbed out. And this actually plays into number 10, where Leon Ruff came out and just got squashed by Austin Theory. So that was number 10. But number 11, Austin Theory versus Dexter Loomis. Because who does this help here? Austin Theory just beat up uh, Leon Ruff. So he always has the excuse that he had wrestled another match. And then Dexter Loomis, who does end up choking him out, wins, but he just beats somebody who just wrestled a match. 
Number nine is Birch versus Holland. Uh, Holland looked impressive here, but apparently got pretty injured in this match. Uh, hopefully a speedy recovery from him. Number eight, Blackheart versus Zaya Lee. This match really wasn't designed to be that good. Neither were all of these, uh, eight through 11, weren't really designed to be that good. They were designed to really uh, just kind of put over the talent who won. Number seven, Swole versus Deeb. It was a pretty good match, but it was the last hour of AEW, and we're accustomed to seeing some great women's action the last few weeks in this spot, and I don't think it held up to, you know, matches with Thunder Rosa, to be honest. Uh, number six, Drake and Killian versus Everrise. Uh, this was pretty pretty good here. It got number six because Killian Dane powerbombed Drake Maverick on to Everrise. The finish of the match was really all, the whole match. But it was enough to get it in the middle of the pack here on uh, Curtain Jerkin. Number five, Inner Circle versus Chaos Project. This was the last match on AEW this week. It was all celebrating Chris Jericho's 30 years in wrestling. And he went up against uh, Luther here, who has you know been wrestling with him apparently since the dungeon i had no clue that uh, luther had been in the dungeon but pretty cool to see him and supernetico make a great team on dark and this really shows uh the depth of the roster and how they utilize it in AEW. last week with butcher versus dean amber uh, john moxley sorry about that and uh this week with inner circle versus chaos project that's why it's number five uh, Brian Cage and Will Hobbs, number four, just a big hoss battle to kick off their show. Super good. Number three this week, Koshida and Ciampa. This was the best match on NXT, continuing the trend of the best match being the first match. And you guys know and love how much we love that here on Curtain Jerk. And number two, FTR versus Hybrid 2. FTR is in the top three every single week here. They're the tag team of the year. Um, you you got to give it to him. Number one, as I already said, Cody versus Brody Lee. Old school feel here. Big fight feel. Um, Johnny Valentine in the crowd. Known for his big dog collar matches he's had with Roddy Piper. Just super, super cool shit. Taking me back from the days I was uh, getting babysat from my uncles and my dad. Putting on Starcade tapes and everything like that super super cool to see way to uh bring something old school into the new and they've been doing that a bunch in AEW. john silver's hilarious i love the arn anderson interaction in this just super super good match this match made wednesday night for me uh, go out and watch it if you haven't seen it already it was a really, really good match. Speaking of really good matches, the G1 tournament is in full swing. As people that have been listening to this podcast know, as my phone blows up here, I've been watching every single match of the G1, and I've also been giving you guys my top 10 matches in this G1, and it's changed a little bit since we've last talked Number, let's see, where are we at here? Number 10 is a match that's made it on today. So if you kind of debut in the top 10 at number 10, it's not good for you. It's, just, it's kind of just like an honorable mention because, of course, there's going to be better matches that will probably jump in its place and replace that match. But uh, number 10, Naito versus Juice Robinson. The main event, or the 
fourth match out of five G1 matches a day. Juice Robinson has really been a, a fan favorite here in this tournament, going up against an all-time fan favorite in Naito. It's really, really solid shit here. Um, it kind of hooked me when they were having like a bitch slap battle, kind of like Ishii and Abushi had, but this one was like a bitch slap battle where they were mocking each other's taunts, taunting each other with their own taunts. It was a, a different feel to the exact same thing, and that's how it made the top 10, I would say. Naito did pick up the victory with a Destino. And then number nine is also a new match, Ibushi versus Shingo. Super good match up here. It was just a little bit better than uh, the Juice Naito match, in my opinion. This was at uh, October 6th, and uh, Shingo with the upset, you gotta love it. Number eight, Osprey versus Ibushi. Number seven, Osprey versus Shingo. Number six, Tai Chi versus Ichi. That's right. I still can't believe it. Tai Chi made the top 10 list. In this tournament, one of my least favorite wrestlers here. So I guess you guys know that this is a fair and balanced list here. It's not just guys I mark out for. Suzuki versus Ishii. And then someone I do mark out for quite a bit. Okada versus Ibushi at number four. Naito versus Tanahashi at number three. Naito versus Zack Sabre Jr. And Ibushi versus Ishii. September 27th is number one on my list of matches to watch in this G1. October the 6th featured the rematch of Yuta versus Gabriel Kidd, dropkick by Yuta, taking both men down to the ground, running forearm, running cross body by Yuta, 1-2, Kidd kicks out, Kidd lands a scoop slam, suplex from Kidd, 1-2, Yuta kicks out, big strike battle, crowd really feeling it here, super nice dropkick from Kidd, 1-2, Yuta still kicks out, Kidd going for... The butterfly suplex that he's been winning some matches with, not able to get it. Yuta stops him. Bitch slaps him twice. Spear by Yuta. One, two, no. Yuta finishes him off, applying the Boston Crab. Rears back. Kid has no choice but to tap out and does. Then the next day, we have Yuya versus Gabriel Kidd. No love lost here between these guys during the duration of this tournament. Yuya takes Kidd down. Kidd counters. Yuya slips out back on their feet. Crowd clapping, giving them the golf clap here. Kidd with the upper hand locks in a single leg Boston Crab. Yuya uh, gets out, fires up, scoop slam, big Boston Crab. Both connect with very snug forearms here. Kid lands a drop kick. Backbreaker, one, two. Yuya kicks out, but then he lands that butterfly suplex he's been getting all his wins with. One, two, three. Gabriel Kid really has something with that move. We have discovered this gentleman's finisher during this G1, and it's really cool to see. Something else that's really cool to see is the main event of Curtain Jerk. And every single week, the main event is the main event, WWE main event. And the Curtain Jerker of main event was actually what I would consider a pay-per-view quality match. Um, As anyone who's been watching WWE the last few years, you know the Iconics. The two hot ladies from Australia that are funny as fuck and uh, kind of uh, hype each other up. But as you guys know, recently in Raw Underground, they split up. Uh, It seemed like it was the blink of an eye. 
and uh, it kind of came without warning. And then instead of uh, pushing the match to, you know, the Clash of Champions that just happened on WWE, pushing it to another pay-per-view, putting it as a marquee match on Raw, they gave us this match, this breakup match, as the curtain jerker on main event. Like, what the fuck were they thinking? But who knows? I watch it every week, so we can enjoy it here on this program, neck and neck in the early going, shoulder tackle by... Billy Kay, roll up one, two, Peyton kicks out, headlock by Peyton, into an arm bar, drop kick by Peyton, and then she does the Iconics pose, kind of mocking Billy Kay and kind of uh, mocking their friendship. I thought that was a pretty good spot. Action picks up, another shoulder tackle by Kay, one, two, Peyton kicks out again, Billy stays on her, one, two, Peyton says no, Billy getting frustrated here, goes for another pin, one, two, Peyton won't quit, Peyton fires back, lands a series of kicks, lands her deja vu, I didn't know this was her finisher, I don't think I've really ever seen Peyton Royce win a singles match before. She gets the one, two, three. Maybe we'll see a rematch, just like we saw with Ali and Ricochet. Maybe we'll have an, another main event feud here on main event with the Iconics. The main event of main event, not necessarily a pay-per-view quality match like the Curtain Jerker was for some reason, but it was a pretty good match. We had Andrade, Cien Almas versus Akira Tozawa. Two enjoyable wrestlers on the roster. Shoulder tackle by Andrade. Action spills to the outside. All Andrade here in the early going. Tazawa in trouble. That is until he lands a Hurricane Rana. Shining Wizard. Tazawa goes up top and he does like a cannonball style. uh, Just I guess senton. He grabs his knees and just jumps forward. Hitting Andrade who was standing up with his like back and shoulders. One, two, Andrade kicks out. Andrade tries to fire back up, but gets rolled up. One, two, Andrade kicks out. Rolled up again. One, two, no. Huge elbow by Andrade. Hammerlock DDT, and that's all she wrote. One, two, three, Andrade gets the victory against Sazawa, the former Cruiserweight champion, the former 24-7 champion. I mean, this was a pretty good main event match. I always enjoy the matches on main event. A few years ago, I was reviewing main event matches, and they were all the same. I don't know who was putting them together at that time, but they would put together the exact same match every single time, so it got really boring. But ever since I started doing it again with Curtain Jerkin', the matches have been different, and we've been seeing a few, like, what I would consider marquee feuds on main event. I mean, Ali Ricochet and now the Iconics. If you are tired of WWE but you still want to kind of keep up with it, I would recommend main event just like I do every single week because it does show you what's happening on Raw. It does show you what's happening on SmackDown, and it gives you matches from the lower card, the lower end of the roster, if you will, from Raw. And a lot of times, that's the guys that I want to see. Those are the guys that are a little underexposed, comparatively speaking, to the ones they're trying to push at the moment. And usually I would just say fly high, I'm out, guys. But there's a big, big, I guess, wrestling festival happening this weekend. The Collective is having, like, I think, if I'm doing the math correctly, 11 or 12 shows. And the biggest one of them all is Joey Janela's Spring Break 4. It's supposed to, It was supposed to happen at the WrestleMania weekend, but of course, you know... 
COVID and everything canceled all of that. So they did it again in Indianapolis, one of the homes of independent wrestling since the uh, lockdown and everything, if you will. So we're going to be reviewing it on this show, talking about every single match. And just like any big show, I'm going to give you guys my predictions. First match, Alex Shelley versus Tony Deppin. This should be a banger of a match. And I would say Alex Shelley, the veteran, uh, very unselfish. And then Tony Deppin kind of star on the rise here after years of, uh, you know, kind of uh, showcasing what he has. I think Tony Deppin's going to get the victory here. Jonathan Gresham versus Lee Moriarty. Holy cow, that's going to be a technical masterpiece. I'm going with Jonathan Gresham. And then a very talked-about matchup here, ACH versus Leo Rush. I think it's going to be Leo and GCW because of his feud with Joey Janela, but I'm not sure. Then we got a tag team match, the Rascals versus Iron Beast. Um... I think this is GCW, and they keep putting over KTB and Shane Mercer. They're on every show, so I'm going with them and the victory there. Singles match, Alex Colon versus Matt Tremont. I think they're going to send the crowd home happy and give the legend the victory. Matt Tremont, he only has so many bumps left, and you got to have him win on the big stage here so the crowd knows they saw something special. Then a six-man tag match. Uh, yeah, six-man tag team match here. Alex Zane, Blake Christian, and Jordan Oliver, a.k.a. Team Workhorse. I've seen these men wrestle all over the place this summer versus Team Pazuzu, Chris Dickinson, Ortiz, and Santana. Holy shit, this match is going to be awesome. Man, oh, man, I think... Uh I think I see Team Pazuzu winning. You have Ortiz and Santana who work together as a team every single week. And Chris Dickinson, someone who is super over in GCW, I see Team Pazuzu winning. Then Ricky Morton versus Joey Janela. The name is on the marquee is Joey Janela, so you know who's going to go over, baby. He's got to have a promo. He's beating the old man up. Joey Janela is getting the victory. And then the clusterfuck. It's incredibly hard to uh, mention who's going to win this one. I think an Invisible Man won the year I went in WrestleMania 34 in New Orleans. So uh, maybe we'll see the Invisible Man here again. But participants, Sharkboy, JTG, Kung Fu Janela, Alley Cat. Look at this. This is insane here. Dustin Thomas, Dylan McKay, Carrie Morton. Nasty Leroy, what is this? Uh, Star Sanders, all of Team 440. This is kind of ridiculous. It's a clusterfuck as it is every year. I'm going to just kind of maybe write down the highlights. That match is going to be hard to call. Let me know your predictions in the comments. And as always, guys, fly high. I'm out.